Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Like, what's your whole philosophy when you go into whether you're going to buy a company or not? Um, I mean, it just has to be an established, successful, profitable e-com company uh, with zero red flags, um, very little yellow flags. So you mentioned yellow and red flags. What are yep. some things that really turn you off from buying a business? Um, if it has a lot of debt, we won't consider it. Wherever you guys are watching this show, I would truly appreciate it if you follow or subscribe. It helps a lot with the algorithm. It helps us get bigger and better guests, and it helps us grow the team. Truly means a lot. Thank you guys for supporting, and here's the episode. Welcome back, guys, to the show. Got a great guest for you guys today in the e-commerce DTC space, Joshua or Josh Marsden. How's it going, man? Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. So I come from the e-com world, so I might nerd out a little here. I'm pretty excited. I think <laughs> awesome. what you're doing is is very is a very good business model. Yeah, I think um, when you start getting into acquisitions, that's how you get to that eight to nine figure level. Totally. Yep. Yeah, hundred percent, man. It's been like huge just for the you know what we've done over the last ten years. Like I've been in business since 2013. I was running an agency up until early 2022. Mm-hmm. But ever since we transitioned to the e-com aggregate mo- model, our business has just been growing and scaling like crazy Exploded, right? i mean by the end of the year we're going to be at like 20 million annually amazing and yep. you see guys like hormozy and uh cody sanchez doing similar models yep and that's how you know you're onto something yeah yeah i truly feel like that that's where wealth is built is yeah. in owning assets and then exiting those ac- assets absolutely because it's easy to get to the seven figure level on your own but once you want to hit that eight nine figure level i feel like that's when you got to start yeah. buying yeah buying businesses totally right? yep so what have been sort of like, what's your whole philosophy when you go into whether you're going to buy a company or not? Um, I mean, it just has to be an established, successful, profitable e-com company uh, with zero red flags, um, very little yellow flags. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a you know a rigorous process that we uh, go through to review a business before we actually make an offer on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to make sure that it has a working marketing strategy. It's turnkey. It's scalable on the back end with uh, its supply chain and its uh, fulfillment processes. And uh, we also have to see a plenty of opportunity to be able to step in and scale what's currently working and also adding additional strategies uh, into the business as well. That's where we can take it to the next level very fast. Right. So you mentioned yellow and red flags. What are yep. some things that really turn you off from buying a business? Yeah. Um, if a business has, for example, if it's coming in cold, it's we're not buying. It. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If it's cold, wow. if it hasn't made any sales or very little sales over the last few months, we won't even consider it. Mm. Um, if it has a lot of debt, we won't consider it. If it has a little debt, we might consider it. Um, those are some of the red flags that typically like cause us to like walk away from a right. potential acquisition. So you want it cash flowing heavy, yep. 
you want sustainable advertising techniques because yep. sometimes when they rely just on one channel, it's yeah. a red flag, right? Well, I mean, you know, not necessarily. I mean, we because uh, we can add additional channels to it, and we can typically uh, scale some of the more popular channels very fast, just because we have the team to do so. Right. Um, so, I mean, if we buy a business that is based on Facebook, Instagram ads, for example, but they're only spending like fifty thousand a month, mm-hmm. it's still a good business for us because okay. we can scale it up to a hundred thousand plus very quickly. Right. Interesting. And in terms of margins, what margins do you like to see the company making? Um, I mean, you know, I think with physical product e-commerce, you really don't have a whole lot of wiggle room when it comes to that. Right. You know, you're typically looking at 15 to 25%. That's the thing with e-commerce. It's low margin, right? So right. you kind of have to play the volume game almost. You do. So yeah. why do you just look at e-commerce? Do you want to branch off the, the fund or do you want to stick with e-com mainly? Um, our strategy right now and the connections we have in the industry to do big M&A deals, because our big, hairy, audacious goal is to uh, generate a portfolio of businesses that are doing 100 million annually. This way we could package them and then go sell them to private equity and, and do like a $300 million plus exit. Right. And we're on track to do that by the end of 2025. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So we're just sticking to physical product e-commerce because that's what we've been talking about. That's what we know we need to you know, uh, put together yeah. in order to accomplish that big exit goal. That's what you know best too. That's where you come from right. with the agency world. Right. So in order to attract private equity investors, do you have to hit that hundred million a year revenue? Um, I mean, we've been told that we've been, um, we've actually been told that we can uh, talk to private equity with a, a smaller uh, portfolio that's doing less than that. But if we want to hit the big when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Uh, Multiplier, we need to get $100 annually in a portfolio. Mm. So we're just focused on that. That's cool. So how many... Shout out to today's sponsor, Rocket Money. Guys, you ever feel like money's just flying out of your account? Well, this app might be able to help you because there's something called subscriptions that are eating out your bank account every single month. And there's apps you don't know about. Delivery apps, streaming services, you name it. You're probably getting charged a monthly fee by a lot of companies and you don't even know. You can see all your subscriptions in one place on the Rocket Money app and you can cancel all the unwanted subscriptions with one tap. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months and negotiate your bills to be even lower by up to 20%. All you gotta do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that basically finds and cancels unwanted subscriptions. They help you monitor your spending and they help you lower your bills. Rocket Money has been a great experience for me personally. They've saved me money, um, hundreds of dollars on bills. They were able to go through all of my credit cards, all of my bank statements, see what I was paying for on a monthly basis. And I found a ton of stuff that I don't even use, honestly. I had an Xbox Game Pass that was being charged monthly. I don't even play games. That one was years old. And they also lowered some of my bills. 
my phone bill and my Wi-Fi bill were pretty high. They were over 150 bucks a month and they were able to cut down on those prices. So all in all, shout out to Rocket Money, great product. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash DSH. That's rocketmoney.com slash DSH. Link will be in the description below. What businesses have you bought so far? Uh, so far, uh, we've bought 13. Nice. Uh, we've shed a few. Uh, we don't have that many now. Okay. Um, you know, we, when we started back in early 2022 in the acquisition game, we were buying businesses with their own cash. Uh, we were buying much smaller businesses versus now. And, uh, and so we've, you know, we've, we've learned a lot along the way. Mm-hmm. And we definitely have um, followed the, 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 you know, the typical entrepreneur route of making mistakes and learning as we go and applying those lessons as fast as possible. So this way we can get better and better as fast as possible. And now we're buying, you know, businesses worth one to five million. But early on, we were buying much smaller businesses. Some right. of those businesses just didn't make it. Yeah. So you're more focused on quality now. Yeah. The numbers or whatever, but you yep. want quality businesses that do you care how long they've been around? Yeah. I mean, we want to buy businesses that have tenure. We don't have necessarily a minimum requirement, but uh, at least I'd say two years. Okay. So out of the 13 you bought, how many would you say have worked out so far? Um, so far we've had nine, oh, uh, work out. Good. Yeah. We've only shed a few, yeah. you know, um, you know, over the last 18 months. Um, so, I mean, we've, we've done a great job with the businesses we, we have. And, and the thing is, is that even when we've shed businesses, we've learned so much along the way that we've been able to just improve like our acquisition mm. process, right. uh, or improve our marketing processes even, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's been a, a great journey so far in, in the aggregator game. And um, there's been tons of lessons we've learned along the way. Yeah, that's cool to see that even if it didn't work out, you still take the lessons and turn it into a win. Yeah. Most people would, you know, write it off and right. whatever. But right. have you noticed any commonalities of these businesses? Like, is it mainly the CEO or like, why do you think the ones you're buying are so successful? Um, you know, it, it just it has to do with the fact that they have good marketing uh, campaigns running right now, um, us- usually using like digital advertising channels. And that just gives us a big opportunity to be able to step in and then scale them further just because we have a team that's done over 650 million mm. in direct marketing over the last two decades. Um, yeah, so I've really built a rock solid team and we're continuing to build the team even. Mm-hmm. Like I'm currently in the process of expanding my executive team and we're going to bring in some heavy hitters to really look good on paper and help us scale to the next level because you know we want to hit that 100 million annual goal by uh third quarter next year in 2024 mm-hmm. and then we hold for about 12 months and then we can go exit in late 2025 mm. for a big 300 million dollar plus exit yeah yeah so you've overcame that issue that most people face which is when they acquire a business the business is the the founder mm-hmm. but you're able to acquire them and you have such a good team that they could just carry on the revenue yeah, yeah so do 100%. you do you not bring the founder with business usually uh typically no but we typically want to buy the entire business yeah but there are some cases where we see potential of buying a majority share of a business and keeping an owner on mm-hmm. uh, we have a few businesses like that right now um but we do prefer to buy an entire business just because right. working with partners sometimes can have a lot of friction no matter how good you are at playing the team game mm-hmm. you know sometimes you have no idea if the other person is good at playing the team game or not right and so there's, there's risk there. it's a risk yeah yeah and so we want to minimize that and so we you know try to buy as many businesses as possible 100 percent versus just buying majority shares that makes sense and how much does the industry matter like do you have a wide range of product offerings or? yeah i mean um we do have a wide range um however we are really focused on like health and beauty um mainly yeah 
when we're looking at new acquisitions, we just want those acquisitions to really relate to our portfolio on mm -hmm. some level because then we have that cross-business, cross-marketing potential. Plus, we could package them very easily. Um, and so that's very attractive when we're going to sell to private equity. Yeah. Yep. So you said you don't do any cold deals. So how are you sourcing these deals at the moment? Yeah, I mean, as of right now, we have uh, some excellent relationships um, in the M&A space. Plus, uh, we do look at businesses on some of the common marketplaces like Flippa. Mm -hmm. um, and we have just plenty of deal flow right now. Right. Wow. So yeah. that's not an issue. No, deal <laughs> flow is not an issue. Deal flow is definitely not an issue. Um, now, we, uh, and we're getting better and better at just making sure that uh, we, we're scrutinizing opportunities that we're um, not rushing into buying opportunities that we're getting the best deals possible on these opportunities. Like I just, for example, uh, just brought in a um, like a heavy hitter that uh, really knows the acquisition space, who's heading my acquisition department, mm -hmm. and he's just doing a rock solid job of nice. just making sure that he's playing the poker game well when it comes to acquisitions, making sure that we're getting really good deals and really good businesses. And um, and then I've got a lot of great people too in my corner: uh, JB Brown, uh, Los Hustle, Josh Snow, a mm -hmm. um, bunch of others as well that you know, are really like facilitating that we get good deals mm -hmm. as well instead of us looking at uh, random businesses like on Flippa, for example, and then yeah. ending up buying a bad business. <laughs> you know, we're, we're getting fed really good businesses right now. Yeah, I feel like for the most part, if it's on Flippa, I don't want to like throw anyone under the bus, but if it's on there, it's probably not the best quality deal. Yeah, I mean, it depends. I mean, you know, it's, it's a marketplace. Yeah. People are on there trying to get the best deal they can possibly get. Right. They're shopping around. Right. Right. So you're competing. You know, it's a bit of a red ocean. Um, you can still get a good deal there, but uh, you're definitely going to have to compete more and you're not yeah. going to get the best deal there. That makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely better to uh, go outside of Flippa or to create your own deal flow. Mm -hmm. Are you conducting uh, competitor analysis when you're looking to buy a company? Mm -hmm. Seeing yep. what the revenue is of, of their competitors? Yeah, we are. We, we go really deep on that after we commit to buying because mm -hmm. that's when we want to put our own operations on it. We don't want to waste our time just yet right. for that. Um, but we have a whole extensive uh, marketing performance diagnosis process where we look at an entire market, all the competition, all the ads they're running, all the SEO they're doing, et cetera. And we derive a plan out of that mm. for the business that we're buying. Nice. Yep. Man, it seems really calculated, man. Got to give man. it to you. Yeah, and it, it sounds like hiring has been a big... Uh, you know, big part of this. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. I mean, this is a big goal. You have to have really good people on your bench. Yeah. You know, you can't, uh, you know, cut, you know, uh, you, you can't cut corners. You have to really hire like the right people. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I've really been focused on hiring the right people and bringing in the right people for the different positions, especially the higher level positions. And, um, and that's my strategy moving forward too. I mean, my goal, my dream on this has always been to build like a NBA dream team. Nice. Um, like I'm a big uh, basketball fan. Hell Grew yeah. up a basketball fan. What's your team? Um, Suns. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, that makes sense. In yeah. Arizona. Um, yeah, yeah. And my favorite player of all time was like Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant. I thought you were going to say Barkley. No, I, I like Barkley. I actually met Barkley okay. when I was 14. Nice. Um, I didn't smile during the photo <laughs> at all. <laughs> Why didn't you smile? I don't know, man. I just, um, I had like such a serious demeanor and I, I, I was tired that day too. Okay. And uh, I have this very pitiful photo ah, with him. We'll throw it up there on the screen for people to see. I know you should. We'll get lots of laughs. <laughs> Man. But going back, to, I forgot what I even asked now. I'm such an NBA geek. Got off, off topic. Oh, that's there, cool, but. man. Uh, I was just I was trying to say that my, my vision has always been to build a dream team of like marketers and yeah. e-com professionals. And so, you know, I'm really like trying to hire people and bring people into the vision that are passionate about the vision for one, obviously, 
um, but have extensive experience. Like I've got, um, for example, on my staff is the former lead copywriter for Russell Brunson. Wow. Who's done over 400 million. Yeah. You know, in copy sales, which is, you know, completely believable Damn. just off of Russell Brunson alone, but yeah. he's also worked with GKIC and a number of other like clients over the years as well. Yeah. Um, and then I've got other, you know, senior team members that have extensive experience, extensive background as well. And, and that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for people that really bring a lot of intelligence capital to the game. This way we could stack the deck in our favor and we can get this thing done. Yeah. I think hiring's that one thing people overlook, but it's so impactful. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I've seen Hormozy talk about the importance of it and yep. it's really got me thinking I need to step it up for sure. Yep. Are you implementing AI anywhere in this business? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I've got some uh, some great guys like uh, Carl, who you just met, one of my senior team members. You know, he's just on top of AI, um, even more so than me. I mean, I'm on top of it, but he's really on top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're right now in the midst of implementing AI across the board. I recently actually just went through um, something that I heard from Hormozy, actually. Mm-hmm. So Hormozy challenged his team to research AI's applications to their jobs and how it's going to push them out of their jobs. Hmm. And then their his team came back and gave him a number of like uh, you know AI research basically because of that. And the ones that didn't, he knew that they weren't going to make it. Are you interested in coming on the Digital Social Hour podcast as a guest? We'll click the application link below in the description of this video. We are always looking for cool stories, cool entrepreneurs to talk to about business and life. Click the application link below, and here's the episode, guys. And so I did the same thing with my team wow. recently. And, um, and they all presented AI's applications to their individual roles. Yeah. And now we're in the process of implementing all that stuff into, into the company as well. That's insane. It's cool to see you embracing it because some business owners are against it or they're scared of it or something. Yeah, you can't be. You know, yeah. I mean, the thing is that you have to adapt, adapt yeah. or die. And um, AI is not going anywhere. It's only going to you know, just spread like wildfire. Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to use that tool effectively. Otherwise, you could be out of business. Yeah, man. You've really got to adapt, especially in your industry. I remember the Facebook iOS update. Mm-hmm. Businesses just got shut down overnight, basically. Yep. That relied on just Facebook. Oh, I know. Yep. Yeah. Was that a scary moment for you? Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Back then, I was running an agency. And, oh, yeah. um, you know, we were, uh, we had retainers, but we were also paid for performance. And, um, and, we, and we had to stay on top of that. We had to figure out how to navigate those waters as effectively as possible in order to still deliver an impact. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was it was challenging, but you know, luckily, you know, I've got great connections, and um, I'm also on top of uh, you know trends and tools and things you can do to be able to stay ahead of challenges like that. And at the time, you know, we figured out very quickly how to overcome like some of those challenges with you know different reporting tools or you know setting up Shopify conversion API, for example, mm-hmm. um, setting up um, through Zapier, you know, offline conversion tracking as well that we could push back into Facebook. Right. You know, there's just the different techniques that we we're implementing right away. So this way we can solve that problem very quickly. That's cool. Cause a lot of people got wiped out. The yep. ROIs looked low, but it was really just a reporting issue. It was. That wasn't being tracked. Yep. Um, has anyone done what you're trying to pull off? Like they've acquired a bunch of businesses in the e-com space and sold it? Yeah. I mean, um, I, I don't know if anybody's necessarily done the big exits. I haven't done enough research on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to talk out of my <laughs> but uh <laughs> But there's definitely been a lot of e-com aggregators that have, you know, obviously bought portfolios of businesses. Like yeah. I've been in those rooms over the last year. Uh, Fortia Group is a, a company that's been putting together e-com aggregator events, for example. Okay. And I went, I just, I was just in the UK literally a week oh, yeah? and a half ago. Nice. And uh, I went to that event and then I went to the one in New York City uh, maybe six months ago as well. And so there's definitely companies out there that are, you know, um, building portfolios of 
good e-com businesses that are looking to either take that entire business public mm-hmm. or they're looking to package them and sell them to private equity right. like I'm doing. That's cool. I've seen it on Amazon. People yep. buying Amazon businesses, but you're the first one I've seen on the Shopify side. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yep. What, um, what platforms on average over the nine companies you have, have you been seeing good ROI results on? Is it TikTok, Facebook, YouTube? Facebook, Facebook still. Yeah, mainly, yep. So not TikTok? Uh, no, not TikTok. Uh, we haven't seen a whole lot of effectiveness there. We're still... Still cracking that, I'd say, at this point. Um, Google Ads, we've seen some good success with, too, um, at a smaller degree versus Facebook, Instagram. But mostly, it's been Facebook, Instagram. Right. And what about average order value? Do you care about that at all? I know that was a big thing in the past. but Yeah, I mean, I mean, generally speaking, you, know, you do want to have, obviously, a very substantial average order value. Um, closer to $100 is uh, ideal. Yeah. But it also is depending on the market that you're in, too. If you're in a low competition market, then you can get away with a lower AOV in a business because it's lower CPAs. Right. Right. But if you're in a higher competition market, then you definitely need to optimize, you know, significantly for a very strong AOV. Mm -hmm. So it just depends on the market. Yeah. Which metrics would you say are like the most important for you when you're evaluating a business? Um, You know, historical uh, ROAS, Mm -hmm. that's a big one. Like, for example, um, Either today or tomorrow, we're closing on a, a business that has done 410% ROAS over the last 12 months. Whoa. Yeah. That's really high. Right, right. And, um, and we you know, feel very confident in being able to scale it further even. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we're always looking for businesses that have good historical data, good his- historical marketing performance like that. Because mm-hmm. that just shows that we've got a big opportunity to step in and continue to scale that business very fast. Especially with you know, the support of our you know, we, we also have investors in a lot of our businesses. Right. And, um, and part of the value proposition there is that they're bringing in lines of credit, which allows us to uh, really stretch the financial uh, flexibility of each company. Because mm-hmm. most e-com companies are limited by ad spend and inventory mm. because they're only using their own cash flow. Right. And they might have maybe one line of credit. They're capped, yeah. But we're bringing in like maybe 10 investors in a company. Mm. And each of them have to provide at least a 25k line of credit. Right. So now we have access to 250,000. dollars Wow. Which is huge as long as, you know, we can get the get the same marketing performance or better, then we can scale these companies very fast. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're very confident when we buy a business and we apply uh, my arm 5 formula that we can scale a company to eight nine figures within 2 to 3 years or less because of all that. That's awesome. To be able to have that power and then cuz you don't have to be that guy at the beginning stages where you don't know if the product's going to work or not, you right. come in after they've already proven it and take it to the next level yeah. with your team. Yeah, 100%. That's cool. Yep. Q4 must be a good time for you. Uh, I'm excited, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've got a big meeting uh, later this week, uh, me and some senior team members. We're going to uh, really just make sure we're locked in for our uh, BFCM strategy, you know, yeah. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, um, just because, you know, that's a big opportunity. Fourth quarter and fifth quarter. Yeah. You know, fifth quarter, Black Friday to uh, early January. Okay. Yeah, it's a time to really hit, you know, oh, some I've home never runs. Heard of fifth quarter. Yeah. Is that a new thing? Yeah, there's um, articles about fifth quarter in okay. e-com. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when I was in e-com. Those were the best days, man. Cracked a couple six-figure days, which at that's the time awesome. for me was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Stayed up the whole day. Yeah. That's what you're about. Good memories, right? right? Yeah, good memories. <laughs> My mom's basement. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so after you pull off this exit, which I'm sure you'll do, what's what's that next step? you going to retire? Well, we want to do two of them for, for one, two not just them. one. We want to do two of them. Um, and we want to do two of them in the next four years, ideally, um, maybe five, you know, we might stretch it to five. Um, but, uh, you know, 
my uh, personal goal is to really reduce uh, the time I work, spend more time with my uh, baby girl, nice. who is uh, six months old as of uh, this past Saturday. It's awesome. And um, travel the world a little bit, let her see different places and experience different cultures and different people, mm. at least for like a, a year or two. Yeah. And then after that, you know, we'll probably settle down and let her, you know, go into a school system. Okay. You know, public but, or um, private? Um, I don't know. You know, we'll see. Um, yeah. You know, uh, there's benefits to both. Yeah. Um, it just depends on where we're at. Um, but I've got like a whole list of things that I want to like really try in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so my, uh, my vision for myself has always been to kind of semi retire at 45 Okay, and, um, and be able to really try different things that I've wanted to do for a very long time. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't think uh, business will ever end for me just because it's part of my DNA at this point, Right. but I definitely see myself like really diving into things will surprise a lot of people that yeah. i'm doing that's cool man traveling yeah. for a year straight that sounds epic yeah any like plans or are you just gonna go like month by month or probably like month by month or you know the biggest thing for me is that i just i want to experience cultures yeah you know and so i want to go live in new york city for like two months three months right and really experience it for a little bit um or i want to go to you know different countries outside the united states mm -hmm. and experience those cultures as well like that, that's why I want to travel so I could really experience like different cultures and different people Absolutely. and really get in there for a little bit, not just like a quick week and then leave. Yeah. yeah. Something powerful about traveling and embracing different perspectives and cultures, man. Yeah. Like it really, really motivates me actually. Whenever I travel, like I come back even more motivated. Mm -hmm. Something yeah. about it. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. You haven't done much up to date or traveling? No, I've traveled quite a bit. Um, I traveled a lot more when I was single. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> But uh, now that I'm not single, I'm more of a family man. I mean, I still travel quite a bit. I was just in the UK, as I mentioned, yeah. like a week and How a half ago. How was that? I've never been there. Uh, that was the second time I went. Um, this the second time, it was awesome. I mean, the weather was a lot better. Mm. Um, last time I went was December of 2019. And it, oh, was, okay. it was rainy. It rainy. was wet. It was cloudy. It was <laughs> dark. But this time, there was actually a lot of sun. Nice. And uh, I got to experience uh, better weather. Um, but yeah, I love traveling, man. I've been to Chile. I've been to Brazil. I've been to the UK. Um, mm. You know, I've been to Canada and I need to travel more, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I just love spreading my wings and just experiencing different places. Absolutely. Which ones stand out to you the most? Like really memorable trips. Who, uh, all of them. Yeah. Yeah. All of them. There was always something that came out of every single one. That's cool. You know, um, like when I went to Chile, you know, just meeting some of the, uh, Chilean uh, locals and they were just so you know hospitable, even though they couldn't speak the same language mm -hmm. and just making friends with people. Um, or, you know, snowboarding in portillo you know um in chile you know mm -hmm. during that time or partying you know right next to portillo at this little bar that's the only bar next to portillo where all the locals <laughs> after they're done working at portillo they go to there and they eat and they drink and they have a good time you know yeah. and everybody's having a good time um you know brazil um same thing you know i i remember i i went there for business meeting uh, some team members um or a team member i should say and um when i was there I really made the best of it. As soon as I landed, I went on this long jog and I just, I, I, I hiked up a mountain, wow. trail ran up a mountain. I was probably the craziest looking white boy you know, <laughs> running up that mountain. And all these locals were like, who, what is this guy doing running up the mountain like this with his shirt off yeah. when it's cold outside too? It was like probably like 60, 70 degrees. Uh, it was foggy as well. And, um, and then I remember when I was like uh, jogging down, I, I was jogging through like the town and and there was some high security areas like oh, yeah? kind of scary in know? chile with people people with guns and rifles oh, wow. too and i was like 
I don't want to get shot yeah. as I'm running by these, you know, these places. And, um, and I, you know, but I was able to make it back to like my hotel and everything was <laughs> fine. And, and then I, and then that weekend too, when I was there in Rio, I, um, I, I looked up top 10 places to go out in Rio and I was like, okay, I'm going to go to this place. Yeah, yeah. And I just randomly went to that place and, um, you know, I'm in line and everybody's speaking Portuguese, you know, cause it's Brazil. And, uh, obviously I don't speak Portuguese and, um, and I'm just a fish out of water the entire time. And I go into this, uh, you know, this bar club, you know, and, um, and then finally, like someone picks up that I'm, um, American and, um, and he speaks English, even though he's, uh, Brazilian. Yeah. Uh, he went to uh, school in Houston, so he knew English. Okay. And so I made a friend and, and he, and then, and then that led to us hanging out with like a whole group of, uh, Br- Brazilians wow. and, um, and they couldn't speak English, but they were like, <laughs> you know, American and they were just partying with me and having a good time with me. <laughs> and, um, we were just, uh, you know, um, just having a good time uh, that night, you know, just, I'm just, you know, those are examples of like, when you go to travel and you meet different people, it's just good things come out of it. Great memories come out of it. And, you know that's why i love doing it lifelong memories man yep. i gotta ask this because i love sea bass how was the chilean sea bass in chile i know uh i don't think i had any. you serious no yeah, oh, yeah that would yeah. have been the first actually thing I, I was very disappointed with the food in chile really yeah like i i ordered a burger and it wasn't great i wasn't and then the and the rest of the food wasn't really that good either okay like i never experienced like unique uh chilean food yeah, they're known for that Chilean sea bass. It's at like every steakhouse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, I, I, I never figured it would have been known there. Yeah, I never experienced that. Food-wise, which places are like, wow, Ooh. that was a great meal? Um, you know, probably, um, I mean, the UK has, the UK, is, so, I, you know, I've spent a lot of time in London in the yeah. two UK trips I've had. And, um, and London's like New York City where there's just tons of restaurants, tons of options. Mm-hmm. And the food is always good, mm. always, no matter where you go. Nice. Um, doesn't matter what type of food you get either. Um, I love an English breakfast. Okay. English breakfast is, it's a lot. That's like, in London? Yeah. And they give you like beans. They give you um, uh, Canadian bacon. They give you eggs. Uh, they give you like some sort of uh, like mushrooms, tomato. Mm. It, Sounds it's, good. Yeah. It, and, and I guess it comes from... Uh, miners like uh, when they used to feed the miners they would go mine in the, in the caves mm-hmm. uh they would really feed them and make sure they're fueled mm. for the day so this way they can get a good you know a good amount of work in wow and so that's the history behind an english breakfast um brazil was awesome too i mean brazil had just tons of meats tons of breads yeah uh it's not good for your diet <laughs> <laughs> but it was really good food yeah i gotta say like because i've traveled to 15 countries or so and american food i mean it's not that special when you rank, start ranking it to other cultures. Yeah. You know what I mean? True. And like our good food that we're known for here is like from other countries. Right. So right. something to keep in mind. Yep. But man, what's up next for you and uh, where can people find you? Yeah. Um, well, you know, next is just continuing the uh, the good fight, you know, continue to uh, build a portfolio. Uh, like I said, I think uh, during this interview, by the end of the year, we're on track to have 20 million annually in our portfolio mm-hmm. uh, through acquisitions that we already have lined up and new acquisitions that, I've yet to find out about uh, that we'll have soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just going to keep driving. And just uh, by the end of uh, next year, we'll have that 100 million annual portfolio, you know, um, you know, um, roll up of e-com businesses ready. And we'll just continue to manage them and scale them. Um, and then this way we can exit at the end of uh, 2025 for our first exit. Mm-hmm. And then the second exit, hopefully, will be in 2026. Dude, love it, man. We'll yep. have to do a part two when you're at 100 mil. Sounds good. Let's do it, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks Thank- for having me. Yeah, thanks for watching, guys. Great episode, and I'll see you next time.